I think I'm over it now. I think I'm over uh, Sunday. Do you reckon? It, I, I I can see in your eyes. I don't think you are over it. I don't think you're over it at all. No, I I, I am. <laughs> I, I'm so over. You're not. It. You're not. You're not there. Are you? uh, so what what happened, Hamish? Because I I heard, and by heard I mean I was there, that you went against both a random dice roll and hours and hours of preparation to be scared by Starvo. Starvo. Yeah. So um, I rocked up, and Simon went. I said I brought two decks because I was being um, being a weenie, and then so and then so I went. Well, I'll roll the dice. Put a mental image in your head. If it's evens, it's that one, and if it's odds, it's the other one. I went okay, and he rolled a four, and I had evens play viscerai. So I went all right, okay, I'll do it. And then I took. I was a bit cheeky. Maybe it was a bit cheeky, but I took one look at this sheet that Simon is marking down. I don't think you should do that, by the way. But you are marking down. Who's playing, you know, not who's playing what, but how many of these type of uh, heroes. And I saw 12 Starvo and went, oh no, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea to bring Viscerai. I'll take Starvo. That was the that was the moment that my entire tournament was ruined. And um, yeah, I had, a, I had a lovely time with everyone, but a miserable time <laughs> for an hour playing this. Uh- Kale McCreeve Starvo deck. I, was you, like, I don't I mean, know why you did it. You oh, no, mean. no, I don't. What's going I, for I your brain? Um, I just panicked. Straight yeah. up panicked and just went, I can't. I don't, I, cause, I don't know. I I felt like I would have had a better matchup. And it, all it did, right, Just and I'll wrap it up here. All it did was make the matchups that I could deal with, there's Viscerai, more harder. And I still got I rolled my Starvo anyway and went, well, this just sucks. I still am not achieving what I wanted to achieve from this deck. So, um, yeah, I just had a terrible time. Um, thank you, Kale. <laughs> I mean, talking of <laughs> talking of dice, uh, we unleashed the new Push the Point dice on the world this weekend. We did. Uh, and what we did find out oh, is that sick. I'm a stingy git and Hamish is lovely. Yeah, turns out Simon is really stingy. He would not let anyone have a dice unless yes, I would. No, unless he, they beat him. And it was like, oh, oh my god, these poor these people. The majority of the people that probably listen to our podcasts like to sort of, you know, learn. You know, they're probably not. The, a lot, you know. No offense, probably not a lot of winning loads. You know, they just wow. We've probably got a, a lot harsh. of cash. Well, Hamish has such a, a, a bad view of our listeners. Yeah, I, there's I only one like... winner. It's in a 54 player event. There's only eight people who can get to the top. So, when you've got more people that are not going to get to the top, you've got to have a lot of people that will go. Oh, you know, casuals. I know. Casuals. Just digging. Give me the no. shovel, Hamish. I, I know. I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to dig upwards here. So <laughs> dig up, stupid. <laughs> digging up. So basically, Simon is letting all these casual players go. Oh, I'd really like a dice. He's like, "Well, this is Elderings came out. You got to try and beat this boss." Oh no, I really want the I'm, dice. I'm hardly boss level. Well, very no. you might. You might be to some. Um, well, no, anyway, boss. anyone who got a dice from me knows they earned it over the weekend. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was there to sort of went, well, you know what? Party time, boys. If you, if I just even spoke to someone and they were like, oh, you know, and even just a reference of, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm getting you a dice. 
if I played up against someone, I didn't even care if they won or lose. I wouldn't have a dice. I think I just gave I just gave people dice. By the way, I don't have any dice. So if you played me at the weekend and you're like, "Why did you not give me a dice?" I just don't so, have any. It's not. Why, so, it's Simon, not to do why with you. Give him many dice. I'm like people coming up to dice? me being like, "Why don't you have any great. dice?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> it's great, but don't have any dice. So. Like, I ain't got nothing for me." Trip doesn't yeah. have any dice because he woke up on Sunday morning and decided that he wanted to play 12 hours of Elden Ring instead of come to a Flesh and Blood event. Wait, are you? You guys know I wasn't going to. No, I one, know. Right? <laughs> I still nah. wouldn't have any dice. I wouldn't have any dice anyway, but that is what I did. Uh, I did I did skip a pro quest to play Elden Ring. Uh, I, 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 I don't do approve. Of you, I'm, glad, I'm glad I did. Um, uh, it's a fantastic game, but still, come on, Trip, come on. I, yeah, so I've only done three out of four pro You've still quests. done more than me, and you're having a break. So, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, this is, this is the difference. So Trip's done three already. I've... Just about managed three. Trip's still got four to go. Mm. I've got one to go. Hamish has got none to go, and Hamish's done two. Yeah. So we're, yeah. We're all That's why I was chucking my dice out everywhere. Like, oh, fuck it. It's the last one anyway. Wee! <laughs> well, I'll be at Newcastle and Living Realms, so hopefully I'll be able to get some dice at one of those two, and then I can start giving them out to people. Well, it's Living Realms that will. Simon will yeah. pass it over to you. I will endeavour to pass you the dice. And well, then I can start giving dice to people down south of the south country. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, here you go, London, I've got yeah, dice. Yeah, Londoners are like, where are my dice? Well, up north, they're drowning in dice. They're drowning. <laughs> ah, so much dice. So, yeah, no, right. um, it was it was amazing. Uh, the, the, as, as per usual, Balls and Sauce is a fantastic host. And uh, Simon, you did all right, didn't you? I got top eight, uh, four and two, top eight, knocked out in the first round of top eight against Starvo, so... Well, who was, sounds no, sounds familiar? That's oh yeah, it was against it was against the Matt Light, the guy it that um, yeah. When I was playing Kingdom Gaming, um, I had a rules error that cropped up with uh, with Mister Light, and um, yeah, and ever since then, um, I just blots with my spellblade creepers, so I can't <laughs> get a rules infraction. I go, ah, I can't can't go wrong if you block with them turn one. Yeah, it's but you get a you get. A, caution don't you or something if you yeah i got i got a naughty it's a, voice it's a casual level rest. event isn't it so it's yeah really it's hard to remember no... those spellbound creepers you know no it wasn't it was just it was just the arcane if you if they blocked mm, up all yeah. the arcane he's kind of like oh yeah they broke you know but then the next turn it checks again if they haven't broken yeah them, that's then, the thing you have to keep it, checking you have to keep a check on it yeah, yeah Matt, matt's a nice guy and he plays yeah. locally here um and uh, yeah, it was an, an incredibly high roll Starvo game versus a low roll Chain game, and it was still Ooh, fun. I remember Chain. Remember when we used to call Chain the mass, the, the high yeah, roller, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's like, oh, Chain's not that high roll. Yeah. It's like, well, it probably still is a bit. <laughs> it probably still is a bit. And I did, yeah. I did, yeah, I did manage to get my own back on one Starvo this weekend. I did very much high roll a Starvo with Chain, um, but yeah, it goes both ways. It was a good, good weekend. I went. What eight and four, eight and five over the weekend? Yeah, pretty good, man. One, to, one good. top eight. Yeah, happy days. Right, should we? I've got a question to ask, but before we do, Wait. Hamish, what are you drinking? Yeah, oh, thank you. Well, um, I've brought. Um, I actually had the same beer as last week, but I've also brought something to say something a bit different. I brought. I have a small bottle of. Is it Lith? Left. Yeah. Left. Left. I've got this left. Very funny. <laughs> what was that trip? Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> well, I've got a bottle of left. What have you got, Simon? 
Well, do you want my real drink or my for show? Well, I know drink? what your real drink uh, is. Okay, your real drink is a as another strong, strong another glass H2O. of water. <laughs> my real drink oh, it's squash. Is, uh, is Aldi orange and pineapple squash. What a right. great show. Okay, please don't tell us the contents of those ingredients. Please, at least tell um, us the ingredients of the drink that you would have so had. So if I would have been drinking, if I wasn't on call tonight, uh, it would be a Derby Brewing Company quintessential which is a ah. golden ale, 5%. Hmm. They describe it as Moorish and crisp golden ale with citrus fruit did you flavors run, and a complex hoppy finish. Did you run to a shop after the ProQuest event and went, I must get something that's relevant to this town? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Derby's obviously local to Nottingham. I live yeah. in Nottingham. And um, yeah, the, the Derby Brewing Company are a fairly traditional brewing company. They do some good ales and I have... Yeah, I've they've been on my radar for a little bit. They've got a couple of pubs locally to Derby, and they do some good stuff. Cool trip, live uh, card, Orlando Bloom, yeah, the pretty, Elden Ring. What the, are you? The Elden Ring, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. have any good quotes yet from Elden Ring that I could throw in, but there's some good stuff. Uh, yeah. I have a very basic beer. I have a Punk IPA because hey, um, good old Punk IPA. Playing too much uh, Brewdog Punk IPA. Just bought a few. <laughs> Uh, to drink while I was playing Elden Ring, and yeah. this is the last one left. So oh, what? <laughs> it's thirsty work, guys. You know? It is yeah, thirsty it work. Is. Video yeah. gaming is thirsty work. It's, yeah. I've not done video anyway. Cheers. 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 So my question, um, I want to ask people before Simon jumps into the. Oh no, Simon, do you want to just jump into the um, the the order of business? What okay. are we doing? So we are yeah, making it up as we a, go along. Yeah, of course, <laughs> always. Um, I, it's halfway through ProQuest season, so I, I thought we were going to do a bit of a halfway check on yeah. how things have gone and the current meta. Um, we've we're got doing a what's an, hot, what's not. Wait for it. Oh. <laughs> um, we've got an interview with a another ProQuest winner. You may have seen our recent live stream. Thank you, Hamish, uh, with Rob Catton. Mm-hmm. But we have an interview with a. A ProQuest winner this week, Johnny Chapman, who Ooh. won in York at EHG Gaming. And uh, he's local to me, and he's got a bit of a good history that we, we talk about. So uh, we'll go through that. And then to finish off, Hamish has, uh, has jumped the gun. We're going to yeah. be, be doing a bit of... Just because I want to hear the jingle again, really. Yeah, yeah we've not heard a it in a while. Fun. Thank you, Buggerlugs. And, and actually, on that note, well done to Buggerlugs. I think he got two top eights this weekend. Nice. And, uh, good lad. On Vis, he, yeah, on Viscerai, oh, he's been he's been repping Viscerai as well. Um, yeah, someone's uh, yeah, doing it right, not good, like unlike good me. Good job, Buglugs. <laughs> thanks for the uh, thanks for the jingle, and we'll do some what's hot and what's not. Awesome. I've got a question to ask you guys, um, and this could be something that the uh, the audience can also partake in as well uh, in the comments on YouTube. Like and subscribe. There you go. I got it in early. Um, it. Every every busted hero seems to be called the high roller. Monarch, Chain, he's a high roller. He just high rolls to win. And then uh, Briar, oh, you just high roll all the zero to- attacks. Okay, and now we've got Starvo, who is the high roller, <laughs> who comes in with these big hits. And if you get these good combination of cards, it seems to be a common trend that these very powerful heroes, and when I say very powerful, they have like a very solid aggressive uh, like deck. Why do we always think they're the high rollers? 
I think, well, I, think I don't recall anyone. Psychology here. I don't recall anyone referring to Briar as the high roller. That I don't know. <laughs> as my oh, okay. is my initial comment. So okay. what? what well, I, well, I, I do. I, do I, people, I, say, I, people do say a bit like, "Oh, you just you know, you can high roll the the more the nuttier." Cards. I think it's because people. I think I. I think I get what point you're trying to make is that a chain and Starvo have a lot in common from the old chain deck. It was very. Uh, banish dependent if you banished really well if you banished all your blood deck cards and you didn't banish your strong cards like art of war and shadow puppetry you mm. the power level of your deck was just so much higher than it you know had a huge um ceiling of power yeah. for it. and then this new starvo deck is very similar to that in that it can just come out of the gates if you draw the right cards early you can just cripple your opponent very early in the game and it's almost impossible for them to come back from that because they've lost so much life and so much tempo it's a similar kind of feeling that you come up against old chain back in the day and they just banished perfectly. They were playing out these crazy hands and you're like, there's nothing I can do. And it's the same with this Starvo deck. Mm. I and think it's whenever it's you get the even... pulse of candle hold, that's when things start to just ramp up even yeah. worse. But it's, it's just... not even like there's any, um, there's any preparation involved in that. Because like, as you say, Trip, with old chain, you often didn't last long enough in the game for your pitch to become relevant yeah and and with starvo yes there are some second cycle starvo decks going around um mm. namely namely kaol mccreeth for example playing like a bit more like a normal guardian but most people are getting beaten by starvos that are just drawing off the top of the deck early yeah, on the high element the, versions. the high elements versions and and i think there's an element of psychology from people maybe that don't want to play those um, high variance decks that actually they don't want to admit that those decks are just even including the variance better than the deck they want to play so they put it down to a high roll maybe mm -hmm. maybe subconsciously put it down to a high roll to make themselves um, feel better about playing a deck that's not s tier i don't know that's yeah. probably a bit harsh I th but, um, no i, I think, think that's a very, I, th I think that's a very you know, very good, very good point there. You know, um, you it, it it just it feels unfair, but at the same time, you know, the deck there is averages. There's the you know that you can that you can get you can get some bad averages, but there's still a, a sweet spot, isn't there? It's not guaranteed, but there's a sweet spot of the right amount of elements. And once you've got that, you know, you, you're rolling really, well, aren't you? I, I think the I think the 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 Starvo deck with the high number of element cards in it, um, sort of looking at sixteen or seventeen of each element, mm. with Crown of Seeds has a fifty percent probability of having three different elements within its hand. So half the time you're going to be get what you want. Bravo's ability. Yeah, yeah, which seems a bit high. Uh, I I I bet I I if you'd asked me a week ago. Like, what do you think about Starvo? I'd probably just be like, it's awful. And I don't think it should be in the game. I think I actually said those exact words. Mm. Now I'm not so bothered because there's a direct counter to Starvo now in Aura Prism. Yeah. And Aura Prism is just doing fantastically. Like, Prism was always like a, a B tier kind of hero. Like, it, it mm. was in the UK. It was doing really well um, internationally and like winning tournaments. But in RTN and at Nationals, we didn't really see Prisms convert from the Swiss into top eights particularly often. Mm. But now they've got this 
popular hero in Starvo that they just eat up. Yeah, and they've um, also got new tools as well. And the new tools and the new auras, really. Yeah, they've they managed to reach... Out. Yeah. They've reached mm. that aura density in the deck now that they can actually produce two auras per turn consistently. Mm, I know. And just flood the board. And I was chatting with a couple of Prism players over the ProQuest, and I was saying... Prism is now playing a completely different game to the rest of the other heroes in Flesh and Blood because it's able to put its um, its value on the board mm. and leave it there while other heroes play their cards and then they go to the grave and that's done. But Prism is taking cards from hand and putting it on the field where they continue to generate value, which is really good against heroes like Starvo who want to strip cards out of your hand because you know they come and, in and- with a... <clears throat> An oak and old, yeah. just play out your your auras and your things. You like, I don't care what I've got in my hand. I care what I've got on the field. That's more important to my game plan. And our magic players, they're auras. called permanents. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and unlike other auras, like um, Channel Man Heroic or Channel Lake Frigid, um, yes, those illusionist auras can be destroyed, but that takes your whole action point. You don't yeah. get go again. You don't get so you unless you've got multiple action points. With, for example, scabskin leather rolls or lead the charge, lead the charge, um, possibly creepers activations. Like you only get one chance to knock an aura down per turn. Mm. Yeah. And if you're prism and you're now able to pitch four and get an, a light illusionist aura out, and then end your turn, yeah, play another aura to end your turn. That's huge. It is huge. It is huge. There is another hero that does something very similar to that, though, um, which is Dash, because uh, she, she, some of her cards is about laying these um, permanents on the board in the form of items, and um, they they remain there until and the only person that can really get well, everyone can get rid of it now with um, uh, smashing good time. time. But yeah, it's, there's something to be said about having something that sticks around, right? You know, it, it, it does a lot of work, but it's kind of cool at the same time that as much as Prism is doing such a lot of work against Starvo, she's not sort of dominating everything else. Do you know what I mean? There's there's still heroes like Viserai. I'm sure someone will probably tell me, oh, maybe you're wrong. But I I still think uh, heroes like Viserai, um, even Bolton, can give her just a miserable time still, just because of the way they can slam down. I don't know really. Yeah. Just, just quickly moving back to that point about leaving things on the board state. I think we are seeing it a bit more with multiple heroes. You mentioned Dash. Dash was the original mm-hmm. item, items in play. Um, but then we had Prism and Chain from Monarch. Prism can obviously leave auras on the board and Chain has a banish zone that he can play from. Well, no, so but, they're not, are... but that's not, a per- that's not, that's well, not the well, same no, thing. But, but it allo- so they both allow you to bank things for future turns. Yeah. Right. And now you've got guardians being mm. able to heave as well to to move resources from one turn in your hand now. Yeah, but they're not the same heave. sort of things, are they? I'm I'm making the comparison because it's allowing you to um to roll forward resources or permanents or like things that impact future turns, not just yeah. the turn you're on. Sure. Now. So you're not relying on your hand. You're not relying just on your hand now. You're able to, with Chain Banish, with Prism, get an aura out that maybe they can't destroy yet. Mm. Um, With Guardian now, you can heave and get those Seismic Surge tokens for next turn and basically Mm. bank three resources um, or Awakening and get and multiple Seismic Surges for your next turn. Like, 
that we're seeing it more and more and i think it brings a nice level of complexity to the game that that we haven't seen up until like this critical mass of things that are occurring i agree i, I kind of i think it's cool um, and I guess with, yeah. with Viserai, you've got rune chance, for example. Yeah, well. exactly. So, That's what I was going to say. It's the same thing where you can, you kind of want to overpower your opponent in fab. You know, they're always going to have when when you're attacking them, they're always going to have access to four cards that will potentially defend against what you're doing. And that that's quite efficient, you know. If you're you're generally attacking with three cards and you're using one card for pitch, if you manage to keep your whole hand, and they're always going to have four cards that they're using to defend. You have to think how am I going to get over the amount that they can defend? And if you're able to add resources, if you're able to add attacking power from something that isn't yeah. a card in your hand, it makes it much easier to overpower, you know, with Chain playing from the Banished Lane with Viserai, uh, augmenting your attacks with Rune Chance that they, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to deal with four cards with your attacking hand and all of those Rune Chance you have on the field. And that's how you win a game, right? You mm. overpower your opponent and then deal a ton of damage. And that's, why well, you get in fab that long drawn out late game sometimes where you're just trying to find that one damage. You can't do it because you know you've used up all your good cards, you're left with the, the blues and then maybe a couple of reds you pitch around. You have to try and mm. force your way through twelve block effectively from the opponent opponent hero. And that's could be really difficult to do. Um but Prism can just go ding 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 with these auras. Enforce it's just the classic Kadachi thing, isn't it? You know, you've got to respect the one damage, the one damage, and as you get lower and lower, you, you have to respect it. it's not even a choice anymore. You have to block it, and that's how they can kill you by just chipping away at you with auras. Mm. And I do like it. I, I I like how Starvo has created it's it's not created aura prism, but it's given aura prism players a an easy win. It's not always easy, but it's an easy-ish win to to work their way up the Swiss. They can really feed off that hero and get into top eights. And we're seeing them now convert into top eight and also convert into wins, regularly convert into wins. So it's good to see. We always said Prism was a couple of good cards away from being overpowered. I don't, I don't want to say she's <laughs> overpowered. I actually think... I mean, yeah, I've I been running she is, actually. Briar she's, for no. three pro quests and I've gone undefeated against Prisms. I've just... You know, every time I see a prism, it's just been a good game and I've managed to win. Mm. Uh, but Briar just has been suffering against Viserai and it doesn't have the best starving matchup. So it's 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 an interesting matter. Trying to decide what to play is actually quite interesting at the moment. Do you think it's wheedling down now? Where where do you think it's is um I don't think it's a few, but do you think it like you know when you initially looked at it and you thought it was very open, are we now starting to see the cutting block a little bit of we are, but that just means that actually the rogue decks are much... It, so, yeah, I, it is. We're basically at the moment looking at Starvo, Viscerai, and Prism, right? Yeah. But then when you get that, you can start to think, well, can I get a deck that has a 50-50 matchup into two of those heroes, but an overpoweringly good matchup into the third one? And can I use that to get my way to the top eight? Um, That's an know. interesting point. I, 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 th- I suppose really the answer is um, probably no. Um my my guess is is that if you've got a hero that can deal with two of th- two of the three, take it. Yeah. Dodge the third. <laughs> unless unless the third is very popular. So a lot of people would probably be happy to go, can I find a deck? Which is the reason. I don't think there is a deck that can beat Prism and Starvo. And right. dodge Viserai. Yeah. 
Well, you if, you find, if you find it, good luck, because you'll probably win your next ProQuest. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's the well, thing to find, is the build you, that can do that. Yeah. Do you know, I would say, just from from what I've seen of the ProQuest season so far, I think there is a build that can beat Bravo and Prism, and that is Katsu, but it is an instant loss to Viscera. Mm-hmm. Well, Dodge, that's, well, maybe that's, you know, people don't want to do that, but... It is an instant loss to Viscera, but Viscera isn't exactly pulling in too much numbers compared to the Prisms and Starvos. So, you know, would you take that one loss against the Viscera to get a good matchup against everyone else? I don't know. But we and could the, And the Prism matchup isn't as solid with Katsu now because of the multiple auras either. And no. maybe it's just because people aren't used to playing against Katsu. However, we digress. Uh, yeah, we digress. Anyway, um, um, yeah. It's been an I, interesting season. I, I it's been, I be you know playing Briar. It's it went started off well and then went a bit downhill as the as as I always thought it would because I thought Starvo would just get refined to the point where it's even better than it originally was. And it does feel that way. Uh, Prism is just getting better and better, which is actually fine. I don't really mind playing against Prism. Jim, like I said, I haven't lost to Prism. But that Viscerai deck just completely... The, the new Viscerai is just so aggressive. And the way it can switch on a dime and just be like, yeah, I'm an OTK now. After you've so been do... trading blows with it and you're like, yep, I'm just going to build Rune Chance, Skeletor, Sonata, and you're like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> and it's just... It's, I do think one yeah. interesting observation from the last couple of weeks is the geographical divide on the meta. Yeah. And what we've seen in general, and this is a big generalization, is that uh, the further north you go, there are more Starvo, and the further south you go, there are more Prism and potentially Viscerai, to the extent where in Brighton, on Sunday, there were two Starvos in yeah. an event of 30-odd people, and nine Prisms, I think, and the other way around. In Derby, uh, we had 14 Starvos and five Prism. Yeah, it's uh, it is a, it, it does feel that way. There was always a lot of Guardian players up north, though, and I don't blame them for switching yeah. to Starbo. I think I think we have been in a fortunate position in the Midlands, where if there is a Midlands event on its own during a certain weekend, we often get people from the north and people from the south, and we get quite a balanced uh, turnout. <laughs> yeah, someone was saying the Midlands is basically the toughest because you the, get all the, the good all the good the players from the south, all the good players from the north, all come can all travel there <laughs> which i thought was kind of cool yeah like it's it is so a bit of a battleground yeah um i'll be i'll be interested to see obviously with living realms having 64 tickets to be sold or or nearly sold um to see what what turns up there i think that will be it's a gonna good be so good I, it's always a good time at living realms. i was yeah really badly sick last time and i still had a good time <laughs> yeah it's just because be... the vibe there is always great like I won't be going, unfortunately. Uh, My, I know. I wish I could. I wish I could. But uh, and then it's back there for the skirmish and battle hardened. I'm going to that one too. So it's oh, going to be the fab nice. fest. Yeah, just can't stop playing fab, guys. Except when I want to play Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> should we move? Uh, should we move on to the interview? Yeah, let's do it. Love to. Thanks very much. Here's Johnny Chapman. <laughs> Excellent segue. <laughs> just like so efficient. <laughs> how are you doing johnny hey simon i'm great thanks how are you doing i'm doing very well i'm doing very well indeed and even better for speaking to you today as well oh, uh, very kind thank you for taking the time to come and have a chat with me today um we've got some stuff to dive into and i'm really looking forward to it 
Thank you for having me. It's uh, a, a, a dream of mine, actually, since I started playing the game to get on the podcast. I didn't want to say anything, but now it's here, so I'm super happy. Thank you. Well, that's very nice to hear, and uh, I'm sorry to have shafted you uh, with the dice over the weekend. Sorry, Hamish came to your <laughs> rescue. Like You've already got one of our first edition hats. You won that on the stream recently. And uh, and then I, even on your birthday, I was being a, a stingy holdout and not giving you a dice, and Hamish just comes and throws them at you on the Sunday. I, I, it's fine. I will remember Hamish's charitable gesture and might not forget yours. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, so, I've, as we've said, you won uh, your first ProQuest on Saturday at York. Uh, like, how are you feeling? How it, It's a couple of days removed. How's, how's it settled in? It, it was... It, it took a while to, to hit me, to be honest. It was such a long day. It was an intense day. Uh, there were some really great players, uh, some great decks, and some really like strong, intense matches. And sometimes it takes a bit of time for you to sort of sit back and go, I've won a slot to the Pro Tour. I'm going to New York. You know, I've achieved my aim, uh, which was, oh, it was brilliant. So I, I, I was fortunate enough to share a lift there and back with you. And we almost got paired up in the first round. That, uh, Barring a repair... Very shortly after that, uh, it, it could have gone a different way for both of us that day. Yeah, when I sat down and saw your name, and you, I was like, "Oh no, this is this is terrible!" Like one of us is going to have a disastrous start. But fortunately, <laughs> Matt Light hadn't been registered properly, so yeah, that ah, that caused that's a redraw. Caused the issue. Another local boy causing issues. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, not only did you win on Saturday, but you also uh, top eighted in the previous two pro quests that you went to like i mean this has been an ongoing um development of your deck so tell us what deck you were playing and tell us how you've been enjoying that yeah thank you so uh, i i've been playing starvo i uh, we the, the guys that i kind of chat to uh, a lot so that's mainly like matt light tom hall uh, and a couple of other guys uh, that won't be so familiar yet with the community uh we kind of decided that starvo was probably the most degenerate deck and, and the best deck uh, and we all sort of went about it in our own way, working out what kind of element ratio we should be having and, and what kind of strategy we should have. And we kind of settled on the core of 52 elements uh, and then bringing in eight disruptive attacks for the mm. most part uh, based on the matchup. So, yeah, I mean, Spinal Crush against the decks that want to go again, generally always bringing in Crippling Crush. Uh, and then I was generally bringing in a few tech cards, so trying to um, expose to the elements in the mirror. Um, I, got, I did kill quite a few sort of opposing Starvo Crown of Seeds. Nice. Um, which won me one match, but actually didn't make too much difference in the other matches. And, and funnily enough, the evolution of the deck meant that we, we didn't play Expose the Elements in the Mirror week two. But week, week okay. one, my deck was set up very poorly because I wasn't playing Awakening. I wasn't sold on Awakening. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, because the deck already had six instants, and I was just like, I don't really want to have my deck 15% uh, instants and, and you not be able to block in certain situations. So I was like... I don't think I need Awakening. And then I basically got pumped when I didn't have Awakening against John Ho. Absolutely. Uh, and then Matt Light destroyed me, dismantled me in the quarterfinal uh, of, of the second day. And he just pulverized, Awakening pulverized. And I was like, yeah, I've got no catch-up mechanics. So I, I was convinced that, you know, I had to change this uh, for, for the next week. So that, I mean, that was my lasting memory of your quarterfinal mirror match I believe it was that match um you were playing Liam Holden who'd gone uh undefeated in the Swiss in York and you were you were eighth seed squeaked in and the eighth seed in the top eight and 
it was a very very close match until you fused awakening and then pulverized him yeah that that was a pivotal uh point i've actually been chatting to liam quite a bit um after uh, about the deck and and sort of the evolution of it so uh he he took the full 14 he was smashing yeah. it because his deck set up to fuse like 60 percent of the time we worked yeah. out um and then when that pulverize came in the following turn for him was uh a, a fully uh, a, a crippling crush for five uh, sorry a fused oakenold for five yeah which because of, of the minus four from pulverize right yeah, and, and that's what really won the match. He wasn't able to get out. It was easy to block out with, with the armor and, and a card. And at that point, he's then loses tempo. And uh, he then drew a hand that had a bunch of instants and couldn't block yeah. the final attack. It was a very swingy match, very scary match. I honestly thought I was you know, going to be eliminated in the quarterfinal because he'd played remarkably well to, to, to go 6-0. and He's on the play. And like for those who don't know, the play is obviously massive in the Starvo mirror. It makes such a difference. Especially if you draw uh, the Captain Planet combo to go, to go first as well. You just can't, you can't put up enough block, right? Yeah, it, it, it's it's. I honestly thought I was leaving with a cold fall levier, like. <laughs> for, uh, Sorry, your name's not Matt Fox. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, his his collection might expand even further over the season of cold fall levers. Uh, but the thing that really helped against Liam and in general was was shock charmers, which doesn't seem like a card that's sort of great for for Starvo, but that card has been immense for me um the every time i've played it and the, i have to give credit to to joe stamper a local player mm. regularly in the top 10 he was the one that sort of alerted me to this and wh what it means is you can just mulligan your hand without attacking because you really don't want to be attacking turn one in the starvo mirror uh and allowing your opponent to mulligan unless it's like a fused uh, bravo attack or whatever yeah you can't you can't just go attack for seven because your opponent could just filter everything so quite if you're going first you can just go Shock Charmers my hand away, Arsenal pass. Or, or if they're doing the same, you just Shock Charmers your hand away and and you, the chances of drawing the, the, the Bravo combo are, are really, really high. I was going to say, and in a deck that relies on uh, cycling your hand to try and improve those odds, it, it's huge. And uh, yeah, Joe managed to, to do something nasty to me on the Sunday ProQuest where he was able to pitch an extra ice card to keep Channel 8 frigid up. Uh, for an extra turn just because you've got shock charmers so it's not just for the mulligan it can also be used to to manipulate your pitch zone as well yeah massively and, and that was huge for me in the semi-final against liam on prism uh sorry apologies callum on prism yeah. uh, Call callum played really well but he was under channel lake frigid for two turns in a row uh both lasting two turns so four consecutive turns of channel it, it, the pressure, like, it, it meant he couldn't build up any auras or, or any shields, and it really helped me get a footing in the game. Um, and, yeah, I'd recommend Shock Charmers to any Starvo player. Oh, well, I, I'm sure all the Starvo players out there are thanking you for your, your sweet, sweet tech. And uh, what my, my final question just on the Starvo uh, deck and the Starvo play is, ha have you enjoyed playing that deck? Or is it just that you've enjoyed winning? Tell me, tell me about that. <laughs> well, winning's always fun, uh, but I, I enjoy the deck. Uh, I sing in my head "Domine" when I'm drawing, <laughs> drawing it up. Uh, I tell you what, though, it's miserable to be on the receiving end of it. Though uh, there, there were definitely matches I played specifically twice against Matt Light, where he just completely rolled me with uh, fusing Starvo over and over, and, and I, I was like. 
I kind of understand how other people feel now. This is, <laughs> this is actually miserable. It's a borderline devastating. But I, I just like really enjoy the, that kind of deck. I've always enjoyed it. It is a bit of a high roll deck. There's, there's no denying that. But the deck is set up in a way that you are able to high roll about 50% of the time if you crowd. It's just, just slightly over 50% is the maths. So it's not like an unreasonable thing. Um, but the deck feels so powerful. And when it does roll those four cards and you see like a generic guardian attack and your three elements it feels great uh and and it's a lot of fun i was gonna say high rolls is an interesting term because it implies complete luck and and above average luck when in reality you have built a deck that has a greater than 50 percent chance of of doing that every turn yeah i mean and yeah and like it depends how you put the cards together right Exactly. So there's a, a calculator uh, that was linked to me made by a person far smarter than I could ever dream of being. Um, and you just literally input like how many earth cards, how many ice cards, uh, how many lightning, how many pulses, and then whether you're going to use your crown or not. And it kind of works out to, um, so it's 34.34% of the time my deck will naturally draw the, the Bravo elements and 51.04% of the time if you crown uh, it will uh, it will hit as well. So I mean, they're not unreasonable odds. Like if people no. are familiar with poker, like equities like that, are, are, are how vast sums of money are won and lost on a you know a minutely basis. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, credit has to go to to you and your your group for building a deck that is is less reliant on luck and more reliant on on probability. Yeah, and uh, well, I have to give credit to Tom Hall because I used to like board up to sixty two cards and I got yeah. I got soundly chewed out for that. Uh, like you're just, it's sometimes because we were playing like defense reactions week one, yeah. and then we just kind of realized that you know, you just want to stand toe to toe with your opponent and both swing. And if somebody has a defense reaction, then their next turn is generally very very limp, and they're kind of open to an attack the following turn. So we just took our defense reactions out, and we're just like it's elements and eight attacks, um, pretty much. I mean, That's there's the odds. Exactly. I mean, like, there might be the imposing visage will come in against, like, uh, Chain and uh, Bolton, as an example, to just have a fourth Channel Lake Frigid, because those decks can fold to Channel Lake Frigid, yeah. which, for me, is the best card, probably, in, in Flesh and Blood, in all honesty. It's, it, it, it bit me more than once this weekend, so uh, I, I would have to agree with you right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you've been in the game how, how long now, Johnny? So I went to my friend Tom's stag do, I think it was late September, uh, and I got a train back with Matt Light, uh, and he was like, all right, let's go to the local game store, I'm going to get some decks, because I'd known Matt from playing Magic for okay. many, many years. Um, uh, we even lived together for, for a short amount of time. And um, he was like, I'm going to teach you Flesh and Blood, you're going to love it. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. I was looking for something, I, I traditionally played a lot of Magic, uh, and I was kind of really sort of disillusioned with how magic was going in terms of competitive uh, play and how everything was forced online and stuff like that and, and we got two ira decks and he soundly tranced me like four or five games in a row uh but i, I kind of really enjoyed the mechanics and the fact yeah. that there's a game from you know from the off you, you you're not just going to sort of stall on your third turn and, and miss an important resource and you know that's the end of the game it, like the, there were decisions to be made and i was like this is really cool it was a bit weird because Ira versus Ira is not, not so much blocking right. It's just like a bunch of attacks into attacks. So Especially it, it those decks in particular. Yeah, I think uh, it, whoever goes second is, is usually on a, on a winning streak if you, if you maintain. But 
it sounds like a very familiar story to a lot of people getting into flesh and blood that way and i think a lot of people once you've played one game you see the potential right you see where this game could go absolutely uh, and especially when uh, you sort of transition towards blitz decks which was for me was like the first step really um uh well I, my first event was like the tales of aria pre-release i was hideous i had to play you i had to play john ho i put ranger cards in my guardian deck that didn't go so that, well. That was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I promise I could read somewhat. Uh, but yeah, but no, it was all a great experience. To be honest, I just wanted to open packs uh, and try and get some cold foils because I'm a, a huge magpie. I love I love shiny cards. And um, Matt had sold me like half of the game was sold to me on on like the the sort of the, the reserve list element of cold foils and how yeah. like they will never be reprinted and the fact that you know the game does care about you, your collection and like LSS. Well, I was sort of researching them a bit and, and looking into them, and, and a lot of their ethos uh, was like really f by the players for the players, rather than what we've seen lately with with certain other games, and it's like by corporations for wallets kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, and what a breath of fresh air after Hasbro have come in and and completely whitewashed uh, Magic, right? I think uh, it's a it's a refreshing viewpoint on on gaming. Yeah, it, it really is. It's like. I mean, Magic sort of, well, Hasbro sort of forgot or didn't learn how they got big, how Magic got big in the first place, which was guys like me and my friends traveling to PTQs every weekend, week in, week out, traveling to GPs, traveling to Pro Tours and supporting the game from the competitive side. And then that sort of fell away and, and they transitioned everything to, to online. Um, and, you know, a lot of my lasting memories are from going to events with, with you know, with my friends and having these experiences and not just at the gaming table, but like going out afterwards, getting people, uh, you know, out of their shell, dancing, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoying the uh, the local scenes and stuff like that. Like, it, it, it really saddened me that they were just like, okay, here's a product, here's a new product, here's a new product. And like 15 different versions of different cards. Like I like collecting now, I didn't yeah. before. I was I used to be a lot more hyper competitive and I would like buy cards, sell cards just to survive as a student. But now I'm sort of well, I was 41 last weekend, so uh, I mean, you won a ProQuest, in fact. Yeah, that was that was just weird how that lined up. But uh, um, so just just a quick aside, just uh, you've mentioned sort of community elements there. I mm -hmm. I vividly remember you at the at the Tales of Aria pre-release event being quite cagey and. Um, you, as you said, we played and and you were spending a lot of time reading the cards and you seemed quite uh, introverted at the time. And I know that's not necessarily the case now. But how how did you feel coming into a new community like that? How did how did you feel they welcomed you? And, and what was your experience there? So the local community is absolutely amazing. Like not only uh, I mean, it's tough when you're sort of I, I, so the reason I was sort of introverted at the, at the pre-release was because I knew I was going to do terrible. And my goals were not to win the pre-release. My goal was yeah. literally to get familiar with the game. I still didn't even know the rules. And I just didn't want to embarrass myself. Because, okay. like, this is the first time that the community is going to see me as a person. And, like, it, it's a sad fact of human nature. But people tend to make first impressions. And those tend to last quite, quite a long time. Um, and... You know, it's difficult to sort of undo these things, and I'm like fully aware of this. So I don't want to be seen as like some magic guy that thinks he's going to come and destroy the scene or anything like that, because that's just totally not what you know I was yeah. about. I just wanted to learn a new game, meet new people, uh, and have fun, and, and you know maybe maybe win some participation prizes. That was literally 
uh, my goal. But the, the community, I mean, I can really only speak about the community in Nottingham, which obviously you're a part of. I, it's amazing everyone's super friendly everyone's like oh you're you know you're a ranger player i've got this ranger promo i don't really need it have it i've got this playmat you don't need it i don't need it have it like everyone cares about everyone else uh and like in magic it the community was a lot more like me for me uh rather than sort of me for for everyone um and i feel that like not only is the community really welcoming really friendly understanding like the so i played uh hamish not not push the point hamish um uh, hamish dean yeah uh, my first ever match with like a chain pre-release deck and i had to read every card 15 times and the poor guy had to put up with me taking like 10 to 10 minutes on a turn and we ended up tying against his dorinthia deck which he probably should have just absolutely smashed me with but uh yeah unfortunately it took a bit too long um but he was really understanding and and i was like oh i mean i'm i apologize 15 times but <laughs> but he's aware that you know this game is not easy this game is hard uh and that, that's why it's great it's a challenge it's not like I, there's only a couple of things i can do you generally have so many options to do um and the other thing i love about our community nottingham specifically is that like we are very strong in terms of talent and, and ability. So like you had a fantastic showing at nationals. Jacob Hand is always in the top five. Yeah. Like Isaac Murray's like number one 90 day XP for a, you know a good dominating for a good few months now, and he's probably going to qualify for the Pro Tour uh, just just by like just sheer hard work. Line. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Joe Stamper's always in the top ten, and there's other great like too many people to to list really, but like. Yeah, we're a strong community. I, I see us as maybe one of the strongest in the in the country. We've also uh, got, I mean, an incredible resource and an incredible pillar of the community. Uh, obviously, James uh, James Armstrong, who builds blitz decks like they're going out of fashion, and is the is the only level two judge in the country right now. So, like having that resource in a local community is huge as well. It's massive, and he was instrumental in for me really. Like at the start, he gave me a bunch of blitz decks. Uh, which I just sort of worked through and I was playing like at my house against myself trying to sort of familiarize he's great with the rules like he's he's a fantastic resource uh, and he's a genuinely like nice caring guy as well like he knew I was a wizard player he had a wizard card that, that I didn't need like uh, that he didn't need and he just gave it to me and I was like oh please let me know what you need he's like <laughs> no no and like yeah James, J having James around is is really really probably one of the reasons that nottingham is such a strong community and he was rewarded with a like a a playmat uh i think it was the christmas bauble playmat that's and, right yeah did sort it, him out yeah and everyone was super happy for him uh, that, that he got that and he definitely deserved that so just uh just wheeling it back round, you've mentioned uh poker you've mentioned magic and you've also mentioned how difficult this game can be like what skills do you think you've brought across from from those other gaming endeavors that's a that's a great question so um i i was fortunate in magic that like i wasn't the best magic player i wasn't terrible i was better than most people but my friends that i hung around with like so i was at university of london and i'd go and spend every weekend at their flat they were like the elite players basically uh and from there i learned how to like evaluate cards um and sort of it, it was a difficult initial transition from Magic to, to, to Flesh and Blood because the Flesh mm. and Blood cards are just weaker. But that's because Power Creep and Magic is insane. So to start with, I was like trying to compare like how good would this be in a Magic sort of situation? And, and that really wasn't helping me. So as an example, like I was just dismissing blue cards that block for three with terrible abilities. I was like, oh, this is unplayable. Okay. And not really like sort of understanding that, you know, 
block three is really huge like pitch three is really huge and having a bonus on top of that is uh, like 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 rob Catton mentioned in your in the previous uh, yeah. interview deck tech it, it doesn't matter what the ability does as long as it does something and i was like you know what i was thinking about these things incorrectly um but like there was a lot of stuff that went on in magic and sort of in in poker as well which was like sort of playing the game without playing the game so it would be like sending sort of signals uh, also like kind of like bluffing in a way that you like you might have the pommel when you're you know attacking yeah, yeah. with a cnc or like playing in certain ways that might put things in people's minds and and like it i think it's definitely an aspect of tcgs as a prime example i sleeved up three tokens in my pq oh. pro quest <laughs> win which was a seismic surge a frostbite and a silver token and i just put all three on the table at the start of every match and like it really bamboozled a couple of people like john ho spent about five minutes trying to think what could i be playing that yeah. would you know be a silver token and it was just a red herring uh, uh, uh but like it does slightly make people think about things in a different way and i don't know that some people might not view that as cooler and like i, I you know if if but, that's something the community thinks bad then then i w- wouldn't do that in future but you're right i mean in, in terms of sometimes you only need a one-of in a deck that if the if you reveal it or if the if the opponent sees it from a pitch or whatever they automatically assume maybe there are three of those in the deck and then that's going to be a threat for the rest of the game so uh, in a similar way you can build your deck to show oh look i've got a what a, a pummel in my deck but actually it only has to be a one-off for them to respect that for the rest of the game Exactly. Blue Pommel is something I pretty much want to run in every single deck that I play. Just just, just a like, pitch. Yeah, just a <laughs> pitch. Because, um, you know, people then start having to play around it. And it's like generally not attacking with a CNC unless you have a Pommel. And now your Pommels, yeah. and now your CNCs are going to get overblocked. Uh, so you can sort of win cards in that way as well. Even better if you pitch a blue CNC, to, a blue Pommel to play a CNC and they think, <laughs> oh, it must have a Pommel in hand. Um is, I mean, that, yeah, thank you for that insight. And it, it's really interesting hearing from people, especially for someone like myself who hasn't come from a, a card gaming background and, and how that transfers. So with that experience then, with all of this, let's try and try and wrap this up a little bit. Have you got any advice for people just getting into the game now? Anyone listening today that maybe is is on the edge about getting into the game or is, is just starting out? Uh, yeah, so it's a tough game. Give it some time. Like, it's not as linear as other card games are. The, the reason I think this game is so great is because there are complex lines that take a bit of thinking about. Uh, and if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, you will be rewarded greatly because the satisfaction of winning a game of Flesh and Blood is so much higher than any other game that I've played, in all honesty. Like, uh, and the elation and sort of that I felt from winning that PTQ and the relief, mm. like, really had a sense of achievement and pride. Um, so... There are plenty of resources out there. Like I've learned a lot from watching Push the Point. I've learned a lot from watching Arsenal Pass, just from talking to people in general in the community. Uh, and don't be afraid to engage with people in your community. Like there's always going to be some people that might be a little bit difficult to interact with. TCGs generally have, you know, sort of a way of attracting yeah. personalities on that way. But for the most part, people are really cool. They want to share. Like, I played Kashi in, like, round six, who's a Bolton yeah. enthusiast. He's super confident in himself in the deck. And we spent a good 15 minutes after the match sort of analysing what could have been different and stuff like that. People like that exist all over. And just chat to them, learn from them, uh, and try and become one yourself. Uh, so once you've sort of 
gone into your community and, and learned, when new people come in, you can see the experience and path that they followed because you've followed it yourself. So help guide them along it, basically. And then together we can sort of grow the community. And yeah, just look after your cards as well because one day they might be worth a lot of money. They might be worth a lot of money. Maybe they are right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some of them are. Um, Johnny Chapman, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me today and have a chat. Um, congratulations on your ProCross win. Congratulations on two further ProCross top eights. And I know you've got a few more events coming up, so good luck in those as well. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, Simon. Who are you? Who are you? Um, sorry, I've been listening so to Blink. <laughs> yeah, all day. Wow. What song trip? Just on like, uh, Spotify. Um, just had it on what? while I was working today. So you would, um, so you were bu- busting out the Blink, yeah? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Do your best. I miss I'm you so bad, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Cannot sleep. That's <laughs> uh, right. usually oh, how my night time ends, and I end it on that bit. I cannot welcome. sleep. <laughs> welcome back. Um, thanks, uh, Johnny. Good. Great interview. <laughs> I'm trying to keep. The, I'm trying to keep this ship on track. Oh. <laughs> right. Let's go. It's excellent ship keeping on track, science. So we uh we've spoken about ProQuests. What's next on the agenda, Simon? Um a probably a never short apology video about the five hundred subs. Because Oh yeah, well <laughs> yeah. Um, about that. Um it turns out we play far too many games and just haven't had enough time to do anything productive. It's coming that. It's coming. Don't worry. It's, it's coming. the I, ultimate tease, isn't it? I, I've Please. I've actually arranged all my prizes together. I know what okay. I'm. I know what I'm going to be putting in my box. Do you know what you're going to put in your your boxes, guys? I know what I'm putting in my box. Oh, yeah. I know what I'm. I I've got a few things, but I don't know if I have enough. Like I need. I need to. I think Simon. Simon. How Simon's going to be like, in your box. I'm, I'm not giving them anything. Well, we've already <laughs> just, we've already heard. I'm a stingy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I'll actually love it if someone just goes, right, here's the trip box. Ooh, okay, here's the Hamish box. Oh, yeah. And then Simon's is literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, it's wow. the mystery box. Simon's <laughs> is just a box with a £10 note. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you want, what I'm giving? Do you want this amazing <laughs> prize or do you want the I mystery heard, box? Yeah. I heard the budget was £10, so I put £10 cash in. I had it all in two P's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I've taken off the cost of postage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we 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 are going to sort it. I've got we've got the prizes together, um, and then we're going. We I think uh, we're going to get our heads together and actually just knuckle it down. Once we've actually know what people what we're going to put together, we're going to. It's. I think it's just because we're so, we're living so far away from each other. Yeah. Logistically, trying to get all the stuff together is it's actually slightly annoying um but we're gonna get it sorted i've got my wife's been giving me some cool creative idea tips to make a cool box up for you guys so um we're getting there we're getting there so be patient by the time we get this out it'll be we'll hopefully have 600 subs and we're like (laughs) the, the the number is growing anyway what is our next point of call simon i think we need a jingle What's hot and what's not? <laughs> it's what hot. It's what's hot. What is not? That is that's is, that's what it is, right? Yeah, you made yeah. this up. What's hot? What's not? Everyone, 
mm. it, mid ProQuest edition of what's hot, what's not. So in case you're new here, we're going to go through every hero in the game of Flesh and Blood. And we're going to give you hot takes on whether we think they're hot or not. This is very much from the soul, from the heart, initial feelings. Very little thought goes into it. Yeah. Um, I've not thought about it in advance. So we're just going to say the first thing that comes out of my mouth. So Simon, you normally run us through the list. Uh, do you want to so start, do you do you want to start with new heroes or old heroes? Uh, Let's start with old heroes because yeah. we, we we normally work. It also ends quite dramatically if we do it. Okay, Rhino. Not hot. Uh, not hot. Though it did get a ProQuest top eight, I believe, recently. It did well, get a ProQuest top eight. I, I, we used to that. always say that Rhino was Rhino and it's fine. But this time I'm like, no, I give up. He's not hot. Rhino yeah. didn't get the tools that Rhino needed to... Um, no. He did get some stuff. And actually, I think some of the stuff is actually okay. Um, Swing Big is actually pretty decent. That's the book, best card he got. Not, not enough stuff, unfortunately. Taking the hero in a strange direction, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's, yeah, it didn't not, do anything. Yeah, not hot. Anyway. Okay, Dorinthia. Mm. Uh, I want to say hot just because of axes. Dyson just taking because of axes. A, a Dyson <laughs> top eight with axes. I think it's. I think it's a cool deck. I'm not sold though. Yeah, but I'm going to be hot, proven wrong. It's a fun Res- deck. Respect, respect though. Respect. Yeah, yeah. I, they, I, well, I like the fact that they turn one respect, weapons into something good. If if we're going to give credit, then Dyson for taking it to the top eight, but um, Adam East put the deck together. So. Well done to both of them. So it's not definitely not hot. Right, so... Not it's hot. <laughs> Katsu. No, uh, bag of shit. Not hot. Sorry, uh, Finba. He's terrible. He's my Especially boy, Especially when you miss a razor. Still. Oh! <laughs> Triggered. Joking. Triggered. No, he's, um, he's not good. He's not good. So... He's had multiple top eights in the ProQuest season so far. Mm-hmm. He has potential. He just doesn't have a game plan to deal with Runeblade. No. Not hot. Yeah, no, not, not hot. hot. Trash. Uh, trash. Bravo. Uh, Original Bravo. Uh, you know what? I have, I have to say not hot at the moment. Yeah. I'm just not, but I'm just not seeing anybody play Original Bravo. I've oh, actually I played up it. against... <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I've played up against it. So King and Gaming, I just absolutely space jammed one guy out of the game. And in the second game, I ended up in the first ever draw ever I've ever had. Yeah. And it was well, miserable. Alex, Harry. The, yeah. the, the opponent was lovely. Didn't realize about the, the draw is worse than the loss. And uh, I kind of experienced it for myself for the first time. Oh, he's nothing's actually happened with him. You think it has, and it hasn't. So he's boring. So he's got hot. a good. He's got a fairly good matchup into Starvo, but he instant losses to Prism. So oh, yeah, nah, yeah. Eh. Okay, uh, moving on. Azalea, uh, not never, hot. Never hot. Never will be. Main Everyone deck. always says Azalea is. I gonna, like it. It's gonna not hot, win. But it, it's fun. Never, it never happens. No, she's not. Never hot. happened. What's the point? Why is it always sadness, Trip? Why is it always sadness? I'm going to give you a commendation for that one. That joke, that joke does only works for us three because it was yeah, in the preamble. Um, <laughs> Kano. Oh, um, Kano is as hot as his null runes. There were three Kano at Dark Sphere. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't seem to. Even. This is the thing with Kano is. 
Kano should be good enough that if you don't run Null Rune, if you don't respect Kano, you should be you should win every game, and that's not the case at the moment. It's you need you win a lot of the games against people that don't run Null Rune, and if they do have Null Rune in their sideboard, you you nearly always lose. So it, I I feel like Kano should be strong enough that if people don't respect you, you should just always win that game. But it doesn't. It just doesn't seem to happen, does it? No. They still don't always win. I mean, and it's there like, was a Kano what? at Board and Swords. <laughs> they went four and two. They narrowly missed the cut. Ah, oh. oh. was that Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell Kano players, tell us what 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 do you need? What 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 is the deck missing? I'd they be got really given a good I, new card. I mean, I'll tell you what they need, and that's Ether Wildfire because that is just a ridiculous card. Yeah, it is a very strong. It doesn't seem card. to be enough. Just doesn't seem to be enough, does it? No, because if you brick, I, I, if you I'd love off, to see if you brick Kano off a Kano uh, activation, it, it, it ends you. You need to race, and it ends you. Yeah, I, I think Kano is a really interesting hero in Classic Constructed. I hate it in Blitz. I think yeah. Classic Constructed, it's it's really interesting, and I like the fact that you you you, you go into it puts a tournament, the pressure you're like, on, oh yeah. maybe I I'm gonna play against one of these guys. But I, I'd like to see it get a little bit stronger. Yeah. Okay, Viserai. No, it's not hot at the moment. Not oh. uh, sorry, not no Kano, not hot. Viserai. <laughs> Viserai is hot. Yeah, hot, hot. Um, Viserai is. I do. It's I a do pillar. think Viserai is is doing well by just being Viserai. Sorry, Hamish. What's that? Of... Viserai is what? A pillar. <laughs> he's he's hot, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's yeah. he's he's he's. Uh, I think uh, uh, he's he's beyond hot now. You've he's... put so much effort in, Hamish. What happened? Oh, shut up. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, so, so imagine taking done... one of the hottest heroes and yeah. going, "No, <laughs> I'm not going to play it." I think Viserai is just pretty good into every hero at the moment. He's flexible. Um, and it's that flexibility of having yoga. the OTK and the temp. The really the, the aggression on Viserai now with swarming yeah, and it's huge. Um, is is crazy swarming and revel in swarming you revel. Can, you and can do flash, old like, lightning briar style turns in uh, Viserai, and it's just of absolutely zero pitch. dirty. Yeah, off zero pitch. Mordred exactly. tide. Uh, yeah, I know. Swarming Gloomvale, Revel If you haven't swarming revel, blah blah Jeez. blah, you just die. If you oh, haven't yeah. seen it already. Um, I've done a Viserai 2.0 deck tech that should be up on YouTube uh, shortly. If you've listened to this afterwards, then there are many small violins, and it's been dubbed the Lost Deck. It is the Ooh. it is the Lost Deck, but unfortunately, it was a well a well crafted deck that I decided to leave in my car to have a miserable time. I travelled an hour to have a horrible time. Anyway, yeah, Viserai's hot. The things hot. you'll do to remain the bubble boy, Hamish. No, no, no. this, no, this is not even bubble even boy. Bubble. Didn't even bubble. This, this is the bubble pop. <laughs> this was okay, the, uh, I'm, moving I'm, on. I'm, I'm full Viserai's out, boy. <laughs> Viserai's hot. Yeah, Viserai's hot. Um, moving on, Dash. <laughs> Dash is not hot. <laughs> I concur. I like that. Dash Amos, is do you concur? I, I I concur. I think she's okay. fine. Yeah, I, let's I, go. Good. I think it's, it's not... boring. I think that's the. This is where my head oh, gets it's into. It's so dull to play control dash. No, it's not. It's not even. It. It's not even so much about what you're doing. It's that I just don't. Maybe I'm trying to see something brand new, and you don't need to do anything brand new. So my ideas and my excitement about it just sort of goes yeah. And I, and I bet you everyone else is the same. They sort of look at it and go, but it's not doing anything new. And we've identified that it's boring. Should we just 
leave the boring stuff behind. There's also too many counters. I'm not playing a board game. I'm playing a, a oh, car game. But we just I talked about five prison. million counters. But we just well, talked about prison. We'll get on to prison in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> tokens of I, war is what. I like. think. Okay, let's go on prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we didn't even. We didn't even uh, know. Did, did we raise? You said not hot. No, you said dash isn't hot. I, dash I'll is go not fuck hot. it. All right, fine, not hot. Moving on, prism. Prism is hot. Prism is tier one. I think prism is the best hero in the game right now. Oh, more than Starvo. Well, prism beats Starvo. Right, and then Viscera <laughs> beats prism. No, it doesn't. Mm. Though. Oh, no, it does. <laughs> That's the thing. It yes, doesn't. It does. <laughs> prism is, in my opinion, the best hero in the game. You right should now. see my um, debt tech. Prism would be shaking in her boots. After that, that day. I think Viscerite and Prism is like a, you know, it's not 50 50, solid 50 50. You win it's them, not you lose a fi- them. No, I've never lost to Viscerite. I've never lost to Prism. Maybe I'm talking about me. You lost to Prism when you didn't take Viscerite. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, no, <laughs> know. No, out. No, I, I'm going to, I'm sidelining here just very shortly. Here's a statistic. A st- uh, here's a fact. It's a fun fact for everyone. Throughout my entire time of me playing Flesh and Blood, throughout the Road to National season, National season, and the ProQuest season, I have not faced off against Prism in a one-to-one match in any event whatsoever. So it's a fun fact that RTN Nationals and ProQuest, I've never lost to a Prism. Oh, and I've actually played a lot of them as well. Oh, I I lost to Jake the other night at uh, Armory, and I was so sad because I was like. That's oh, do you feel do you feel dirty? You do. Uh, is that true? That could be a lie. I think that's if you're a prison player and you've beaten me, DM me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not Jake. Jake, I know you've beaten me. Yeah. I've never I've never as my Bolton, I've never lost to prison. And I think losing to prison is it just makes you feel a little bit like, oh man, maybe I should quit. Okay, so prism's <laughs> hot. Prism is hot. Yeah, prism right, prism's moving hot. Moving on. Bolton, because you just said it. Bolton is trash. Not hot. Though someone did win a pro. Well, I don't know. I was how gonna they say so Kashi. Yeah. Kashi yeah. plays Bolton Sabres and he's been giving a huge amount of chat on the Light Warrior Discord channel. And do you know what? Two ProQuests, he backed it up. Yeah, he won, fair, he got, fair. He got to the final in both and he split the prizes in uh in with Rob Catton in yeah. one. And he played off against Johnny Chapman in the other in York, and he lost uh, against Estavo. But he backed it up. No, he Bolton didn't. is not hot, but you're a good player. So. Yeah, you're a good player, but sorry, can't convince works. me. Yes. Bolton's trash. Bolton Sabres, not hot. If you take your time, Bolton Raiden, Master not hero. hot. Well played, Cashy. Yeah, well played, Cashy. Uh, same with Chain and Rob. Uh, Levaya, uh No. Uh, I think we got a. Did we get a top eight with Levia? No. Or was it a Vrynar? No, it's not hot anyway. Sorry. No, it's not hot. Uh, our good friend Darren, who's been play- who's always played Levia, just had his wedding last weekend. Congratulations. Congratulations, Darren. Darren. married. Congratulations. So we've not seen Levia much, though. That's the other stuff. I don't think you would have brought it anyway. <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe once uh, he's a bit more settled, we'll see the grand return of Levia. But maybe. Darren. Okay, not hot. No. Chain? But not hot. Mm. Yeah, fine. I'm gonna. I got controversial opinion. I don't think Chain is <gasps> trip, but I he's your boy. I don't get it. I'm not. I know people. What do you, mean are you don't with get it. it. Well. You of course you really, get it. Really good players are winning with it as well. So yeah. I, I know what I, I, I know what you're I saying, Trip, because I don't you think it's that good. <laughs> what? You don't like you don't like the current decks that are out there. Like you, 
You liked the very much banished. Look, when I, I liked it when it was broken. <laughs> no, it's not. Not I do like playing broken decks. I know. Don't get me wrong. But the beauty of chain was the blood debt mechanic, and it was just everything was just like you were selling your soul. Everything to is awesome. This to a sir, and you were like, you felt powerful, and then suddenly you'd gone too far, and then you died, and that that just was so satisfying to play. Like you, you it felt like you were playing as chain. The new chain just feels like. It doesn't feel the same, and I recognise it's a good deck and it's winning tournaments. But to me, it's not hot because it doesn't. It's lost that selling your soul to the devil aspect. Well, it kind of has. You're just selling your soul to a different devil. You're just getting a worse deal. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you're selling your soul to a different devil. Back in the old days, we used to get some good stuff for selling your soul to the devil. Now you get a fuck all. Do you know what? It's very funny how much you and my brother are very similar minded in this because he turned (laughs) around and basically said, oh, train, I don't get it, right? Flock of the Feather Walkers, Belittle, why have I got a midget in in my yeah. deck and the captain's cool what are all these neutral cards i want my shadow blood debt evil cards yeah. and now i'm forced to put in all these generics it's like it I just like doesn't flock. feel flock good was fun but the rest it, it when flock went in it it was the little did we know that was the turning point where we were i mean that's just moving people- towards generic that was people just like looking at it thematically but yeah i get your point but i still he's still good i think he's still hot not top tier but he's hot um, moving on, Tales of Aria. No, I like it. Uh, Simon has to go. Yeah, it's really good. I'm gonna controversial opinion. <laughs> moving on, right? <laughs> no arguments. Moving on. Yeah, Lexi. Okay. Uh, Lexi is uh, not hot. No, I, I feel like I'm saying not hot to a lot of heroes. Yeah. I, I don't want this to be a tier list. This is the thing. Like, you can be hot and not be the top yeah, tier hero. Uh, I but think... at the same time, <laughs> I'm not sure that Lexi is hot right no, now. No, I think okay. Well, I think she's hot. I don't. I don't know. I don't think we've really seen what's available. But I, I have. There's something about her that I'm looking at. Going, you know, that you've got you've got quite a few of these answers, but you probably suck to prism. So I don't know. You I'm can't play against. Hot. You need a weapon for prism. You have to have a weapon to just dink an aura. Or just, At the very or just least, you can dink an aura if you've got a weapon. If you've not got an arrow or you had to block, you've got one card left in hand and you can't fire that arrow at an aura that you need to kill because you've let Prism have auras on field and a forehand. Oh, it's just not going to end well. And uh, uh, for that reason, I think she's not Lexi hot. is hot, but she's struggling to get back what well, she lost in Ball Lightning. Maybe yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that ban was. Maybe yeah. I think that was was sad. But she did, she did uh, get given some pretty tasty arrows. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. well, I think there's All something right. there, but I don't know who knows. Right. Oldham. Hmm. Uh, not hot. I think it's icy hot. Boy. I think it's hot. I see. He's matchup. Nah. He's he's very hot on particular matchups. Um, never rule out the power of him being able to stop what people want to do. It's just boring, though. So I, I just don't. I, I, he. I think with Prism so big in the meta, he's yeah. Not he's probably died off because of the Prism. Yeah, he he can't even beat. Nah, he's not hot. Actually, I take that back. He's not hot. He can't beat Viscerai and he can't beat Prism. So 
Uh, yeah. and I, I'm not I'm not rating him, but he's but he's still relevant because he he puts the super hyper aggro decks in check, um, which would have been Viserai, but he just builds rune chance. Yeah. Okay, Briar. Nah, trash. Uh, Briar. Oh, so, oh, how the mighty have fallen. She's still hot. She's, she's hot like to me. What? She's yes. always hot to me. Well, I actually think Briar is good. She's not. Yeah, she's fine. Tier one. Um, I got top eight with her at Northampton. That was a pretty tough field. Um, You're I joking. Two... I watched you just have an easy time. You're sitting I there. managed to beat <laughs> two Starvos, managed to beat uh, Prism, two Prisms to get to the top eight. Mm. Um, and then I lost to a Starvo. Uh, it, the matchup against Starvo is just very... You can win it. Um, you can. It's tough. But Need and to the close Prism the matchup out. is good. Viscerite, oh my god, that vis- Viscerite just absolutely destroy you because you can't go long uh, and you can't race them. I think There's there is a discard Briar list that has legs, but it's tricky and it, it's, and a it's tough, variable. It's yeah. tough, yeah. And if you don't, if you can get just if you come up against the wrong heroes in the Swiss, I think Briar will come back. Um, maybe if uh, after some if, living if, legend retirement, if if Starvo um, gets a little nerf, I think Briar might might get the edge on Starvo. Uh, Viserai will remain a tough matchup, but then there may yeah. be more things countering Viserai, so you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, I'm going to okay. say hot, uh, but not. I'm going to say hot because I love that. Yeah. Go on, and I'll just say she's hot. I think it's just... beaten into submission. One no, more hero. No. Oh, Starbo. Yeah, of course. Starbo. Yeah. Starbo is not hot. You're not allowed to to be. Can we? I, I don't. Can we all Starbo agree? His hair. So I mean, you hot. can you can win, but you you're not you're not hot. In my I'm gonna books. I'm gonna okay. So just I'm gonna throw in one last sort of question yeah, on this Starbo's point. Hot. We all know what his the answer is. He's hot. He's popular, right? Now is he a mistake? Uh, I said this, is this to a few people. Starvo is a hero they mm. should have printed when the meta was stale. The meta was really exciting. We just got a bunch of new, cool cards for tons of different heroes. And then they've printed Starvo, which has completely warped the meta. And now tons of people who wanted to play their hero and the new tools they've got have just found, I can't beat Starvo. Mm. <laughs> and I would, I'm more than happy for LSS to print heroes with really strong effects but do it when the meta is is stagnating a little bit or a little bit dry uh i also don't like that ball lightning was probably banned because of starvo that's really annoying because that's killed the lexi the lightning lexis and it's affected is that the briar decks well that, i that mean strong, it's a strong hypothesis that's a hype that's a that's a speculation speculation on my part but you can make your own conclusions um, but I feel like Starvo with Ball Lightning would be a pretty fun deck to play against. But do you know what? Do you know what um, gets me? And this is a a quote from a fellow player over the weekend. And I was talking about. I was making a point. I I used to think I was the spikiest of spike players, and I wanted to win at, at all costs. And I've realised lately that I do need to enjoy the deck I'm playing. And I asked a Starvo player whether they enjoyed. In fact, I asked a number of Starvo players, but this particular Starvo player said, I do not enjoy playing this deck. It is a means to an end because it is competitive. There is nothing fun about playing Starvo, waiting for an activation, hitting with a big card, and then a hammer. Like, there's no... It's point and shoot. There's there's nothing enjoyable about that to to most people. They're just playing it because it's the the aggro competitive deck. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was a mistake. Uh, I do think that I'm very worried. We're very worried about ran more random aspects to uh, this game because I like Flesh and Blood because there's not that much uh rng involved apart from obviously the cards you draw you know that's You've never part played of the game <laughs> yeah but like i came from playing a lot of hearthstone and i just that game just got sick of it because of how random and rng based it was uh and i don't like how random it is no one you know no one wants to lose a game like i traveled all the way up to nottingham and then just got like starboard activation turn two turn you need three, a bit of four, rng though, right and it's like it, it, I the RNG should be in the the cards you draw, yeah, not, not on the effects. Um, but you but, play chain, which is yeah, the, yeah. Know, it's all about the banish, and I hope I banish about, okay. That's that's beside the point. Of chain. <laughs> 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 no, but do you know what I mean? Though there's 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 got to be a point where you there's know, a the, you know the, there's the, a cost the, involved. Yeah, but the Stavo is that, isn't it? You know, the RNG is about what is is about the cards you draw. So did he draw the cards you need? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That was my. That's he's the same. No, thing. I get, I get what you're saying, Hamish, and I, and I he's Hamish not Hamish is just a Starvo apologist over here <laughs> because he ran Starvo when he should have run Viscera. I was not trying unbeatable. to justify. That's the thing. He has a direct counter. Yeah, he does direct counter. That's I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're I'm just going to right. that's going to get thrown at me. If I've got something, you'll go. Yeah, you only saying that because you played Starvo, you piece of shit. Oh, I'm sorry, I did it once. Imagine <laughs> no, repping a hero that was terrible for so long, and then when they get good. <laughs> You drop them. Like is that a Matt? Is that a Matt Falk's quote? Is it? <laughs> yeah, because he actually said that oh. in a comment. He said, imagine, "Everyone's saying it, Hamish." I know. I know. Everyone. Imagine We're being all talking imagine, about it. I'm not even a. I'm worse than a loser. I'm an idiot. But as to Simon's point, he was about making there is a direct counter to Starvo. Again, if you'd asked me this a week ago, I would have said Starvo is a huge problem. But the meta has has fixed the problem, which is great. So you know, it's so here's my point with Starvo. Prism. No, but here's my point, not pro quest related, armory related. Starvo <laughs> is Starvo a problem for a armory related thing? So when someone's gonna go, I'm going to play this new cool Starvo deck that I seen on YouTube or on the Facebook and I wanna put it together, some poor sod is gonna be playing a, a Azalea deck or Dash deck or whatever, and Mr. Johnny here is going to rock up with Starvo, and it's just another one of those sets that just goes, mate, this is like, Dorinthia felt crap, but you had to play well, right? Starvo is not even like, oh, did you play well? No. <laughs> I just just played what I drew. It's a, uh, it's a really interesting question because the armories I've went to the group have just not been running Starvo oh, because no, okay. no one wants to play it. But this does yeah, but that's happen. again, that's Apparently London. It's, that's it's, in the south where Prism is. Oh, whatever, guy. Right? Yeah, you, you, you are right. You are right. We don't, we don't um, play But do you see what I mean? That was my stuff. point. Is is he a problem for, you know... No. No? He's okay. fine. Fine, he's fine. All right. Well, just yeah, a question. You, you'll have somebody run Starvo and someone will pick up Prism and then the Prism player will beat the Starvo round one occasionally and then... You know, it, do you think we needed a bit more? Effect. Do you think we need more than just one hero? Well, we've well, got, we've quite got a few two heroes in the we've game. Got two. No, no, I think no, there are two two heroes right now. So, who's the second hero that absolutely crushes Starvo? 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Two counters. Oh, no, you only need one counter. And then you need one hero that counters prison. Well, you one end up hero with that counters that right? You end up rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, but Pentagon that's not... Of... Is that good? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a question well, for another time. What are these philosophical no, questions? No, no, but is it... But also, yeah, is this just having a rock, paper, podcast? scissors situation maybe a good Hamish, thing? I think maybe this Hamish is real or... end of the night. Five drinks in philosophical. Yeah, no. Is it is it right though? No, but do we want to have something that goes? All I'm saying is that currently we have a rock paper scissors. Previously, we've had Chain and Briar that were un un contested winners, right? Yeah. So we do have a bit more variety now. It's really hard to balance this kind of game, and and. At the moment, we have a bit more of a balance than we've had in previous sets, and I think we'll see how it goes. Yeah. To finish up, I, um, I just wanted to say one suggestion that someone gave for for Starvo, which was to just make it, uh, you have to add a counter to your hero and then remove a counter to use the ability. And that would mean that you couldn't use it turn one and you couldn't use it two turns in a row. And I thought that was a very neat uh, solution to Starvo, to just make it a little bit, you could still do it every other turn, but you couldn't always do it in a full. Maybe that works. I like that. So yeah, if you have any suggestions for how you would change Starvo, yeah, or maybe on the video. if you think that actually Starvo is fine, we I I'd actually really want to hear that too. If you just think the hero is fine, yeah, comment yeah, on yeah. the video and let us know, and maybe we'll talk about it in the in the next one. And maybe by the end of four more ProQuests, we'll have a completely different method to what we have now. I hope right, so. just to round up ProQuest chat, I would like to say a big congratulations to mm. Jack Raven, yeah. who won in Southampton. Well done, well done Jack. Uh, Rob Catton, who won at Kingdom Gaming. Well done, to Rob. Tom Hall, who won at Underworld Games. Fantastic. To Matt Folks, who won in Lowestoft. Yeah. Well done, uh, to Kashi, who won at the Bearded Car Trader event in uh, Durham. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know the name of the person that uh, won in Lisburn Geek Retreat. Um, Johnny Chapman won at EH Gaming. Well done. Uh, Liam Canning won at Boards and Swords. Fantastic. Well done. Jamie Faulkner won at Darksphere. That's from Jamie. And Joe Wetter won at Dice Saloon. And I would say an honourable mention to Jake Arms, who knows he cannot make the Pro Tour and therefore uh, split the prizes with Joe and, and gave up that. PTI. Uh, with Jay, with, with, well with done, Jamie, Jamie, right? Not Jake. Jamie. What? Oh, sorry. Jamie Faulkner in Darksphere. You're right. Yeah. Well done, everyone. You've done, you should be, you know, give yourselves a pat on the back. You don't need Absolutely. to tell you that. But, well, honestly, you know, amazing results. I love the fact there's so many names, new names. You know, just more people coming through the fold. It's a very competitive game these days. It's it's not like it used to be. No, it, we're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know what I would well, say? Back in my day. Is that, is that actually, I, and I've said this to a couple of people, the step up in ability uh, and ability and level of games has been incredible and it's been amazing to see. Um, I've really enjoyed this progress season so far and I'm really looking forward to my last event uh, at Living Realms, I hope. Yeah, and to everyone um, who made a top eight, I just think well done it is actually quite tough to get to a top eight these mm. days like we're saying it's the competitiveness of the the game is is huge and there's a lot of um new players who have competitive backgrounds in other card games so actually just making the top eight of a of a tournament of 20 30 40 50 people is huge well you're making me feel a little bit better trick because he's like well we got we made it to the top eight but yeah, this, the, got top yeah eight. this scrub oh. here didn't it's oh. really difficult you know you had to be playing really but well I to thought get to the you top um eight. you played viscerai and you went, oh no that was a different different oh, life off, wasn't it? butterfly's wings mate what could have been <laughs> anyway, you know what i've actually uh, come to the realization <laughs> that pair of you siphon 
my hype to get to the top eight because neither <laughs> of you, you are, you are neither a great of you can get to a top eight without me being at that event. I told you, Hamish, if you got to the top eight at Kingdom, I would have been gone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was there and you went, Hamish, I need your hype. Mm, thank you for the top eight. Simon, Hamish, I need your hype. Oh, great hype, man. Mm, I, um, thank you for the top eight. And I'm like... <laughs> Withered away. <laughs> yeah, withered. Right. We need to wrap this up. Uh, thanks very much, everyone. Check out YouTube, like and subscribe. Check out Patreon. Um, come and see us if you want some dice. Probably Hamish is better. Not, better don't see me. No, I don't I, I, my dice, my <laughs> dice giveaway days are over now. I think we're going to be. You can buy them. Three, three for a fiver. And uh, I love you all. Each. Thanks very much. See you later, Later, bye. guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. bye.